0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Sam Dever podcast, episode 64. In this episode, I speak with actor and musician Grayson Lowe. This is Grayson's second appearance on the podcast, and I was truly delighted to have him back on as I highly respect him as an artist and always enjoy his insights. And he's been a huge supporter of this podcast as well. Grayson actually gifted me with a book at the door as he arrived here today, which is going to be book of the episode. I have not read yet, but looking forward to. It is Rick Rubin's book, The Creative Act, A Way of Being. I've been really excited to read this one as Rick Rubin is just a beyond genius of a creative. I've always enjoyed listening to his interviews, philosophies, and checking out his work. So thank you, Grayson, for this book. Again, it's Rick Rubin the creative act, a way of being. If you want to follow the podcast to listen to it, please follow us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. If you want to watch the podcast, subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash at the Sam Dever podcast. Here's my conversation with Grayson. Grayson Lowe, welcome to the Sam Dever podcast again. Thank you, Sam. I'm happy to be here. I'm happy to have you man. Actually the last conversation we had there was like I got a lot of great feedback from that one. Yeah? Yeah, a lot of people tuned in and listened to that and actually one particular person really took to heart the art of being present. because um, yeah. we had talked we both talked about our injuries. Yes, we did. One. So we got that conversation out of the way.
1: <laughs> we don't have to revisit that.
0: <laughs> we have some more uplifting things. Yeah, yeah, hopefully. To yeah. talk about but I first of all you gifted me with a book before you even were in fully in the apartment. I, yeah, I did. I had to. This has been on my list. You gave me Rick Rubin's book, The Creative Act, A Way of Being. Yeah. Dude. Yeah, dude. And like, like I said, you. coffee
1: stains and all even better. That's how you shows know. that it,
0: it shows that it's got uh it's been read. It was loved by me and yes. now it can be loved by you. You amped it up and uh did this come into play with any of your creative projects as of late, this book or
1: uh yeah i i i'm always try, kind of looking for for uh literature about creativity because i'm anything that supports my belief that it's um that it's not an intellectual process you know that it's something that um is felt more than understood you know because i I think that's really been my uh, obsession lately with with music in particular is like when I started writing music again, which was during the pandemic when everything shut down and I couldn't act anymore for, um, I, I, when I stopped judging myself and stopped judging like the, the outcome of, of whatever it was, that was when things started to happen and I started to finish songs and, um, I kind of became obsessed with this idea that that um when you let go of that expectation or that when you when you stop trying to intellectualize some uh your your creativity like magic happens and it's in that book uh just a, it affirms that sort of That belief, like he he believes that creativity comes from an external source, Mm. like it doesn't even come from with which isn't the most original idea. There, you know, you talk about a lot of people have talked about creativity coming from um, like you just being kind of a vessel for it, and and it's being channeled through you. But he takes that to the to the next level in that book, and kind of to him, uh, being creative is like how you get in touch with God, you know, Mm. the universe, whatever you want to call it. And, um, you know, there's another book by Julia Cameron called the artist way, which I know you're familiar with. Like she's, that's like the same idea, which is like, so I'm, I'm super into books like that. There's that, that book, the artist way, um, the war of art, which I think you've read as Mm -hmm. well. And then Pressfield. Yeah. And then there's a book by, uh, Jeff Tweedy, he's a singer songwriter for Wilco, and he's also a solo artist. But he has a book called How to Write One Song, hmm. and that guy, you know, wakes up every morning and he he writes like a, a new song every day, and he's got he's been doing that for like over a decade, you know. So he's got like all, and then maybe not like a whole song, but he'll he'll at least get down an idea hmm. every single day, and that's like, and 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 he breaks down how he does that which is just letting go of any kind of uh judgment about it he doesn't he just like whatever it is it you know and so anyway that's why i think you'll get a kick out of that book is because that's what it, that's what it's about
0: yeah he just took me on a journey just now. <laughs> well it's funny because you you're exactly right i'm thinking back to when i first started getting into videos and films and making different music stuff and all that. It's like, yeah, you didn't, didn't think about any of it. You just did it. Mm -hmm. But then the older you get and the more like stuff you get involved in, the more like, well, you know, we should probably do. You just, you just start overthinking everything and then analysis paralysis hits and then you never put anything out. (laughs)
1: Yeah. Or, you know, you're, you're just thinking about the result. Yeah. And you're not thinking about just doing the thing. And that's, when uh yeah i I don't like that place, I don't like living in that uh expectation of something. it's much more fun to to just be making something mm. you know not not trying to uh not expecting it to be anything you know mm. um yeah
0: well, and we met, we're talking about music, so we might as well jump into it you have a music album not a song <laughs> yeah. album yeah which first and foremost i was listening to it today and i listened to it previously kudos to you for creating an action i really felt like i mean it is an album but it truly is an album like mm. it's telling a story mm. and it takes you on a journey. Mm. And I really respect the fact that you approached it the way you did. Because we do live in an age now where everyone's like, well, you just do singles.
1: Yeah, totally. You
0: do a single. You promote the heck out of that. And then when people are ready, you give them the next one. You're like, nope. Th- I created this full body of work. Yeah. And I want you to Taylor Gurley, who was on here, was talking about that with the appreciation to listen to a full actual album. Oh, yeah. So tell me about it. How did it How did you come up with it? Tell me about the process. Tell me everything about it. Oh, man. Uh, It's called Lonesome Dial Tones. Lonesome
1: Dial Tones. Yeah. And that. once again, that's like a thing that, you know, just that those words together uh, just came out of this, my subconscious. Like that's like, like even lyrics sometimes don't have to make sense at first. You know, we're, our brain's will make sense out of things. Like that's what we, our brains do. We make sense out of things that don't make sense. And so um, anyway, that's neither here nor there. Uh, the, the album itself, it, you know, started way back in 2020 when the world shut down and I didn't have anything to do and I hadn't really played guitar or written any music for, since i moved to la so like since before like 2015 Mm. but i didn't have anything i was bored and uh and you know antsy like everybody else was i'm sure and i you know i just needed to do something i needed to create something so i just started you know i picked it up and it was slow at first and it was you know i had to kind of get used to it again um and I just started writing songs and I wrote, and I, I got on this streak. Like I just like, the, once the tap started flowing, it just, um, mm-hmm. I have over like 500 voice memos on my phone of just mm-hmm. song ideas that started then. And, you know, I've continued that habit of, you know, whenever I get an idea to just record it. Um, and most of them never become anything, but um, just getting in the habit of just creating something when, when, I, uh, when, the, when it strikes me. And so I started doing that, and I and I discovered that uh, I really enjoy recording music, like the the process of of recording. And what I did, there's a app you can get on your phone. It's called Spire. It's free, and you can do like multi track recordings on your phone with nothing but your phone. You don't need anything like a pair of headphones, you know. But um, and they. They sound okay like they sound pretty good they sound better than um, you know stuff that I was making when I was in high school on you know like expensive equipment at the time you know um, it's kind of crazy and I just uh, kind of became obsessed with that process and it was beautiful because I wasn't doing it for any other reason than to entertain myself you know um, and that just grew and grew and grew and then i uh it's always been a dream or an aspiration of mine to to make an album cuz i love albums um i grew up listening to albums i'm obs- like when i was a kid i was obsessed with them um you know i was one of those kids with like a booklet of cd's you know and i um i don't know i just wanted uh to do that um and so i just started to build it from there and then in new year's day 2021 i got a phone call from an old friend that i grew up with um and he told me that his sister passed away and it just yeah, it, it um it did something to me that I can't really fully explain, but it uh, I was I was devastated cuz she was a beautiful person, like a truly just kind of like you, Sam, just like a mm-hmm. really really beautiful, supportive uh person. And at a time when I was very I've always been a really sensitive person and and a very fragile person and at a time when I really needed support, she was there. You know? Um and I don't think I would have the the confidence in myself that I have, you know, if if it hadn't have been for her. So when that when I got that news, it sort of became a mission to okay, I'm going to and then i wrote a I wrote a song that that ended up on the record that day it's called goddamn day and uh that sort of became like the the heart of the album you know like the the centerpiece of it and uh yeah that's i set out to do that and i uh, i reached out to a a friend of mine who's a producer his name's Blake Blanchard i don't know if you've met
0: Blake i don't know if i have. um
1: you would love Blake. You should have him on here. He's he's he lives great in too. LA? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Um and he I barely knew him at the time. He was dating one uh, of one of my friends and I just said, Hey, I don't have a whole lot of money, but I wanna do this thing and I wanna I wanna drive out to Colorado where I grew up and rent a cabin and invite my f- friends that I grew up with to come and, and play with me and we would you know, and the plan was to just make as much as we could make in just a couple of days. And that's what we did. Uh, and we drove through Arizona in the desert and and my car broke down and I had to leave it behind cause I didn't, it was like in the middle of nowhere, like just like maybe a hundred miles from the Colorado, Arizona border. Like the four corners. Mm-hmm. And that's like Navajo country. And it's not even like uh, you know, it's it's not even like you there was nothing there and I had to get it towed to a, a junkyard and it cost me like six hundred dollars to get it towed. And uh my insurance didn't cover that, so I had to I had to take that on the chin. Um, but I was determined to uh to do it so i you know he drove his car as well and we just drove the rest of the way in his car and we went and made the album and uh i picked up my car uh, later <laughs> on Z- the way back
0: Z- Z- were you able to get your car back? i was like, there i was able to get it back. works and stuff
1: no no oh. it never it never worked again really I, I i did a lot of work to it trying to get it to to work to run again but it, it just didn't work out so i had to had to get rid of it but
0: what an incredible experience that yeah. must be. Like now that you presented in that way and I learned the like the story behind it. I mean, what an experience to go to that, where you grew up, mm-hmm. to rent a cabin and just have, and I'm telling you now that you're telling me that and I'm listening, but it's very well produced by the way. Thanks. Yeah. He's very well produced. Yeah. And I was going to say great, too, great. very diverse. Mm. Like when I'm listening to it, so many different sounds and no song sounds the same. Yeah. You got. I get very. I would like almost say uh, experimental in some places, mm-hmm. which I loved. Uh, very well done. Man. Thanks,
1: man. Yeah, and that's. I mean, that's a credit to, to Blake's production skills. Uh, you know, I I'm also. I love a lot of different kind of music. Like I'm, I have a very eclectic taste. So I love hip hop. I love indie rock. I love country. I love folk. I love electronic music you know classical jazz i love so much music so it's like i didn't want to everything i've done before you know stuff i did back in colorado before i moved out here you know it was all very like folky folk forward and i i didn't want to do that with this i wanted it to be kind of like uh just throw as much paint at the wall as i could and you know just kind of jackson pollock all over the place that was kind of the idea but
0: well, it came out very well. Thanks, man. Thanks. Yeah, I don't know. There's something comforting about listening to it too. That's the. Like when I was home. driving around day, it's yeah. overcast in LA. I had about 30 minutes yeah. before my next spot I had to be at, and mm-hmm. I, it just kind of reels you into the story, man. It's like, okay, I'm just going to go on this journey. Grayson's telling the story, and <laughs> I'm just going to be a passenger. It was. It's a beautiful thing.
1: Yeah, you know, and it's. I mean, it's loose. It's not like, you know, the songs were written. There's seven songs and two interludes and they were all like written and composed over the course of like two years. Um, and a lot got cut out. There were, there was more, but uh, not everything made the, made the album, but uh, I might do like a B-sides thing at one point. Um. But yeah, that was the, the intention was to like evoke a feeling, not so much like a story that made sense, but like, by the end of it you felt like you, you something happened mm-hmm. you know it stirred something yeah. and and the hope is yeah like that maybe there's a a catharsis that you experience mm-hmm. in the same way that i experienced a catharsis making it you know that's that's the the hope that's the greatest aspiration of it um so yeah i'm 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 excited the uh, that it's done and it's behind me and I've and I've already recorded the next one. So that one's done.
0: Oh, you recorded and, another album? Yeah. Oh my gosh.
1: Yeah. Like <laughs> it was, it was kinda it, it kind of worked out perfectly. The like
0: Did you do it out there? No, 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 I, did no this this I did it here. I did it Totally
1: different process, different producer. Um Yeah. And it was it was it was cool to be work I was working on that, like recording that. At the same time, I was like promoting this one. So it was cool like not to get too wrapped up in the results, like as mm-hmm. I said, you know, like the cuz results to me are death. It's like I'd much rather be wrapped up in the process of of the next thing. And I mm-hmm. and I and I feel that way about anything that I'm doing, like whether it's music or acting, it's like if I'm thinking about how it's going to be received, how it's going to to play How many people are going to actually listen to it? I uh, I can't. It's not good for me. I don't know if it's good for anybody, but it's
0: uh, same thing with the podcast and stuff like that. It's like it's yeah. You'll go crazy thinking about the results of something. How many views did it get? Exactly. Just put it out. Do what you can. Put it uh, to promote and start. Keep recording. <laughs> Keep doing it. Well, Keep that's making. what they
1: say about the podcast mm-hmm. game is like it's all about number one, consistency, right? Yeah. That's really like you just gotta be consistent. So yeah. I think, you know, it's it's growing. It, I mean, and you're and you're getting better at it all the time. I mean, mm-hmm. this is this is so fucking shout out to Eric this. Sarich. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, this is so cool, man. Yeah. Like last yeah. time we did this, you know, it was zoom it was zoom
0: yeah probably bad connections yeah and, uh,
1: i think we had to stop in the middle because we didn't have like the zoom yes, that you paid for
0: <laughs> and you're 100 you cut that out i have that now maybe by i the shouldn't way. have
1: uh, no leave it that.
0: leave it yeah. i want it i i mean i i've told it a thousand times like nick osborne it was episode 49 yeah. when i was one man banding it yeah to- yeah It was, there were so many technical difficulties that went wrong and that's where you kind of just surrender to like, and Eric and I connect and now we're doing it like this, but you have to go through that in anything, in music and making films or anything to like, not only appreciate the process, but to understand Mm. and to know what you want and how to do it. Um, I wanted to, before I get too sidetracked, which quick plug, you, you have a podcast as well.
1: Well, yes, it's on an indefinite hiatus. I'm not sure how- But it's out there. There are a lot of episodes out <laughs> there. Um, I was living with my friend Warren, who is just a gym. I love him so much. Met him at Playhouse oh, okay. years ago. Um, I lived with him from like 20, ended 2020 until uh, middle of 2022. So about two years and- we, and a lot of that was during, you know, when things are still very slow and, and we were, it wasn't like a complete shutdown, but you know, there wasn't a lot going on and we were at home a lot, both unemployed at the time. And, um, we just decided it would be fun to start a podcast, uh, to, you know, to entertain ourselves. And, uh, it's called good shit. And, uh, it, it's, it's, funny cause it's, it's Warren who is a comedian and it's me who I'm a, I'm a very serious guy. You know, I'm like, I just come at everything with sincerity. It's, it's a, it's a real problem for people who are trying to be funny. Cause I kind of like, they'll, they'll tell a joke and I'll, and I'll, it'll just die because I I won't, <laughs> I'm, I'll actually think about what they're, what they're saying. And Warren does it all the time. And it's kind of, an, it's an interesting dynamic because, uh, we have two really different energies Mm. and um but we went our separate way we you know he moved to a different place i moved to a different place and it got harder to schedule as you know um i mean with this thing you got to schedule with somebody else every you know every episode but um we decided to take a break uh and i don't know how long it's gonna be but you know
0: However long you need to take, yeah,
1: you know, we'll see if if it comes back or not. But it was whether I mean, it's a cool time capsule for like exactly. Like I just love yeah. having it. It's like something to just. It's a. It's a piece of. So it's just a, a from a time that was very strange, mm. and 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 uh, and I don't know. It's fun. So yeah, it's cool that it exists.
0: Yeah, it's a good way to put it, capturing these moments of time. And you know, sometimes I mean, you guys couldn't do you could do the podcast now, but the essence of what it was back then, you're living together, it's during these you can't recreate that. Dude, it was essence.
1: so it was so easy because yeah. it was like neither of us were doing anything.
0: Yeah, you were supposed to do it then.
1: And yeah. yeah. And we were like, "Hey, you want to record an episode?" Yeah. Yeah. You know, okay. <laughs> yeah. I'll meet you in the living room." You know? Yeah. That was it. You know, so uh, yeah, it was very it was a, it was a cool experience. I didn't I never thought that I would enjoy doing that. Like mm-hmm. I'm I don't like I'm not a, I don't like like it's it's very difficult for me to come on this show, even though mm-hmm. I really like talking to you. Mm-hmm. But there's always the added pressure of like oh I gotta I gotta be interesting or I gotta I gotta have something to contribute to this conversation. that's gonna be you know whatever. So I never thought that I would enjoy co-hosting a like a podcast mm. um but i yeah i got a kick out of it it was it was fun
0: yeah man what well, mm. and uh tying that back to the music because i was going to say like when you created the album mm. it came during a time where all the acting which we're going to get to acting because we definitely got a project i've been waiting to talk mm. to you about mm-hmm. this music's like a bonus because right I definitely want to talk about your future film that's out there. But then this music came out. I'm like, whoa. But like when you made the music, when first off, I you know, when like the shutdown first happened and none of us know what's going on. So we all, all the artists in LA just start posting Instagram clips yeah. of uh, monologues and yeah. <laughs> all this stuff. But I remember you just... Posted one day just riffing on the guitar with some Ray-Bans or whatever you had on. And I'm like, holy cow. I didn't know Grayson could play guitar like that. It was really good. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah. I, and then I had caught and heard that, oh, yeah, maybe it had been uh, through Eric Charles Jorgensen. Oh, yeah, Grayson's going to Colorado to work on an album. And I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, wow. I, I just had no idea that I, you had been involved in music like that.
1: I didn't tell anybody, you know, when I when – I, like nobody – i didn't talk about it at playhouse i well and it was because i quit like i just quit i put it down I, when
0: did you start just for context, like
1: playing guitar Yeah, when like i was music 15 15 15 yeah i started uh you know i was in bands in high school i wanted to be the next uh like maynard james keenan you know mm-hmm. i was like super into it. we were in like hard rock bands and shit um and then you know that evolved into i got i started to get into like singer songwriter stuff and then eventually when I was in college and I met Larissa, my fiance, uh, we were both studying film, but she played, she has been playing violin since she was four oh, wow! and she'd never played anything but classical music. And I was like, I think I want to, I just want to see if this works. I'm going to start playing my guitar and she has a great ear. And I'm like, let's just see if you can come up with like melodies over top of these chords. And she just, she really took to it. It was just like one of those things that just worked. And so we started it's a little folk band in Denver. And we did that for about two years before we moved here.
0: I had no idea about that. Mm-hmm. Is there any recordings but, <laughs> and videos of this existence? There,
1: there are videos. There are no uh, <laughs> recordings uh, because we never did like, this, the studio thing. We never. It was just like we were a live band and we had a very small uh, fan base. And It was mostly people we went to college with, like our friends from school. And we played shows all over, you know, the Denver area. But uh, it was never anything more than that. It was more like a hobby, you know, something fun to do, an outlet for us while we were focusing on, you know, making movies. Uh, And then when I moved here, when I moved here, I was like, if I'm moving to Los Angeles, I'm going all in on this acting thing. I was I became I never had any formal training as an actor. I had just like done it. Uh, casually, and I was like, if I'm gonna move to Los Angeles and really try to to have a career or make a career in this, I'm gonna just do. I'm gonna do nothing else. Mm. No time for music, you know. And that's what I did when I moved out here. I just I got in, into a class immediately. It was a terrible class. It really fucked me up. And then about a year after that, I found Playhouse. And saved my life, you know, um and i I became obsessed with like you know the whole 10,000 hours thing. I was like, I'm gonna get my 10,000 hours in i'm gonna and I'm gonna get them in fast because mm-hmm. i'm I'm late to the game, I was 26 when I moved out of here. I was like, i gotta I gotta do this, I gotta make this happen. I gotta learn how to act like twice as fast, you know, um no time for anything else. And that was how I lived all the way up until my appendix exploded, in my in my body. <laughs> that was that was my life for like five, four or five years. You know, I was just obsessed. And you and when I met you, yeah. I mean, I'm sure you saw I was just like, I didn't do anything else,
0: dude. When I and I talked about this on the last one, I think, but I'll re, I'll recap it to bring people up to speed. When I first came to L.A. and went to the Playhouse West Film Fest, the First one I had gone to mm-hmm. out here, I believe that would have been two thousand eighteen. Um, you were liking I don't know how many films in it. And I remember you I, you had come and talked to the beginning class I was in, like, hey mm-hmm. guys, come out to this film festival. You know, I'm like, oh yeah, okay, At gonna. the
1: request of Wolf. Yeah, yeah.
0: Wolf. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Go talk and, to
0: the scrubs, you know. Yeah. And I remember I'm like, okay, I'm gonna check this thing out. And then I was just blown away by everything, but then the ones you were in, I'm like, whoa, that Grayson guy's like phenomenal. And then I started seeing your stage work, and I mean, dude, you would put up in scene nights work that I'm just like, oh my, I, I don't, I, I can't even share the stage with this dude. Like he, he just, it was, it just, it really moved me and inspired me. And then I got to be in class with you, and uh, just anything I've ever seen you do, man. It's been phenomenal, and uh, you've been an inspiration to me, man. Like just watching you out there, and you're so humble. You're so uh, such a good energy person. Um, and that's a that, that's a rarity, man. You know what? I'm finding some of the best people. They are the most humble, the humble ones, because they're about the work. You do the work. You've... Yeah,
1: I I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, man. That's very nice. I I, don't... I could
0: say more about you, but
1: well, I I don't know. I just. Uh, yeah, I, I don't, I don't really feel like, uh, you know, I have a pretty bad case of imposter syndrome. You know, I don't, I don't, I, you know, depending on the day, I'm either, you know, like really happy with what I'm, what I've done and what I'm doing, or I'm, I feel like a complete fraud, you know, I don't, it's just like my, my shadow side, just being louder than any other part of me, but, um. So yeah, I I and I I don't know. I've just never been super into talking about uh this stuff, you know. It's 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 hard for me to talk about myself. It makes me very uncomfortable. And I and I feel um and I I think I got it from my dad. I think my dad really instilled like this like don't don't talk about what you're doing. Just do it. Mm-hmm. Let that do the talking.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Let um, let the work talk for you. You know, um, it's and you know it's it's not only like I think to him it doesn't it's not so, it's not only something that looks better on you it's it's like it's more effective, you know, to to do that I think because you catch people off guard mm-hmm. I think you know is the idea, um, and not that that's like what I'm thinking about but it's. I've I've tried to well it's been easy for me to maintain that because like I said it makes me very uncomfortable to talk about myself. Um,
0: That's why we have podcasts. Yeah. Exactly.
1: <laughs> and and you know I don't I don't really love attention either you know mm-hmm. and it's kind of funny because like I've I've told people that like I don't really love to be the center of attention I kind of like to be off in the corner observing and I've had people who don't really understand acting say to me like. But you're an actor, don't you love attention? Isn't that like what it's all about? And I'm like, no, not not for me, not for me. Um, It's never really been about that. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong. There's some like I love acting for an audience, like I love that experience, but I don't think it's about attention really. I think it's, I think it's about like having an effect. On an audience, or or kind of like a connection to them in a way, you know, feeling connected, I think is is really what it's about for me.
0: Mm. Well, you, for some reason, it reminds me too what we were talking about in Rick Rubin's book like you're a vessel. Yeah, you're living out something for people to observe and have a feeling of. Um, yeah,
1: as best you can.
0: Yeah, yeah as best yeah. you can. You yeah, know, to create some emotion, some feeling, if you will um man I i'm having flashbacks to some of the scenes that scene you did with uh oh my gosh um annalicia oh yes what um, play was that from that was a play called belleville that's what it was yeah yeah like that's just man when i saw that one i'm just like whoa <laughs> like
1: yeah it's a great play
0: yeah it's a really great play yeah.
1: um yeah that that was a darker one for sure yeah
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah as an artist like you just got, I mean I, that's to, to me when I watch I, still to, like I love going to see some great stage because and same happens in movies too, but like to just be able what I love about acting just as an observer, mm-hmm. an audience member like you really get to lose yourself in it. you really just get to be a part of that experience um it whether it is hope. watching a good play or a movie
1: yeah you know that's the hope i mean that's 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 the great that's the what we strive for i think is to is to you know that's what wolf does you know shout out to wolf game you know
0: yeah shout out to that's wolf. what
1: he i think that's what he tries to do with every play he puts up is he, he, he tries to give the audience an experience yeah he tries to with his limited resources, he tries to elevate uh, the material. He tries to, tries to tries to he's always thinking about the audience, you know. Mm. And it's an acting school, so you're you're there, to, you know. Even if we're putting up a play, it's not a professional play. It's not like a Equity play. It's a it's a amateur play, whatever that means. But you know, he's still thinking about giving the audience an experience of some kind like that's and that's why i respect him so much and i loved working with him so much and why i did it so much is because i always felt like i was something it was never about the actors it was never about him it was about this this thing we were creating together and we were gonna and we're gonna give the audience an experience they may not like it you know he was always very he was always (laughs) like i don't know if anybody's gonna like this but it didn't matter like we were we were, you know, it's 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 back to Rick Rubin's book. It's like yeah. trusting your your instincts and and going off of what feels right mm-hmm. or what what's giving you a feeling instead of trying to think, you know, overthink it. Um, mm-hmm. Anyway, that's that was like why I worked with him so much and why I loved working with him so much mm-hmm. was because like, I got to experience that. You know,
0: over and over. Yeah, and it was fun to be a part of that experience, just to watch. Like it was great. Mm-hmm. Um And now transitioning to your latest film project, which I think is your latest film project. Conf- yeah, I'm sure yeah. you have other ones out there, but in terms of big, major project, feature film, yeah, confinement.
1: Yeah, shot it back in in the May of 2021, but it so it's been a minute. But yeah, it it just came out uh on streaming platforms in in uh march i think
0: so it's available on april
1: amazon amazon prime and then you know you can you can even see it on uh tubi for free oh (laughs) with commercials (laughs) Uh, that's my tubi endorsement kids uh so, yeah, that's uh, – I don't know where you want to start with that. but
0: So maybe I'll just start with yeah. a statement and then take oh, okay. me through the whole thing, man. But like so, – so did anyone – I kind of – think of like a Ford Fanter analogy, like who you know as well. Like I've seen Ford do Love so it. much incredible work. It's yeah. like, oh, I don't know how the heck that's ever – and then he does the next thing. And I'm just like, wow. Like yeah. You're, yeah. You're, you're pretty much the same way in the acting realm for me because I've seen you in so many – uh, Eric and I were talking before uh shout out to the Gunther movie man. Mm. <laughs> the, yeah, I want to go want to talk about that one. John
1: Strelick, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he wrote
0: that, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um that that could be its own thing. show yeah. or I've been trying something, to, I've like, been
1: trying to talk him into uh, expanding this in some capacity. So he's 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 thinking about it.
0: Okay. So anyway, we'll get back yeah. to that, but so, oh, Grayson's doing a film premiere. All right, excited to see this. And I remember hearing about when you had gone to go uh, film that. Yeah. Um, so I'm like, okay, yeah, let's go check it out. Uh, Los Feliz, that's where it was, right? The premiere. Yeah, that's yeah. Where you had it. Yeah,
1: yeah, Los Feliz 3.
0: Dude, I was like speechless afterwards <laughs> because I was speechless, proud, and also so happy for you. Mm. Because I know, I mean, I know as much as I know. I mean, you're telling me even more now. I know more. You've put in so much work to the craft of acting. Like, more than anyone who's not, like, involved in the scene will ever, ever know. And to see you be a part, not only just be a part, but be the, not just the lead, you were the movie. Because mm. I'm sure you're going to talk about, I mean, it's solitary confinement. Mm-hmm. It's one person, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I have to uh, the director again, Dylan Welter. Yeah, he did a phenomenal. Like it yeah. was just very well done from start to finish. Mm. And I even get goosebumps talking about because man, there were a few scenes in there, and I'm there's one in particular, man. Like it was intense. Yes, I'm sure <laughs> you a, know which one. It's I'm a very
1: talking. intense movie. I'm not
0: going to give away the movie, yeah. but it, uh, very creative mm. how you guys made use of uh trying to tell a story with solitary confinement mm. like okay it's going to be a guy in the room the whole time how do we do this and i'm right. sure you'll get into it but like man i really like left that um just really genuinely happy for you mm. because i think as in terms of your acting career it's like i mean man like how do you yeah, sure. There's other movies you can be in. Sure, there'll be movies you'll win awards and other uh, um, other people will be in them. And they'll, do, but it's like, but what you did with that, it's like, mic drop. <laughs> I, I just was very, it was, it was to see like someone of your level get that opportunity mm. to make that. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to say. No,
1: totally. because yeah. some
0: people never will get that opportunity. To showcase their talent in that type of way, yeah,
1: yes. does that make sense it does no, I mean it's a it's a uh, yeah, super grateful, and then they have, thank you for all those kind words uh it's super grateful for the opportunity to be in that movie for sure, like um, when I got the script when he sent me the script, and I read it, I was like, if i could if I could do this, it would be uh you know just a once in a lifetime kind of opportunity and experience. And it was, you know, um it was it was um it was not easy. It was not an easy thing and and I I'd never done anything like yeah to that even close to that level, like a feature let alone like a feature like that where it was like every every day, every scene, every moment I'm working, you know? There wasn't a there's not a Moment in that movie that I'm not there. I think there's some POV shots that I I was I'm not in, but like (laughs) I was still there, you know. I, I um, and it was grueling and it was intense and and um, you know, we were trying to honor the story we were telling, so it was it was kind of a serious, uh, 25 days. Um, but yeah, I'm super proud of it and um, I'm super grateful to to Dylan and for taking a chance on me he he had the budget to he could have hired somebody like you know maybe not like i don't know like tom cruise or something but he could have hired somebody you know and he hired me um and uh you know i've talked to him about it because you know it didn't it didn't perform that well the festival circuit and then distribution like I think, you know, not having a name attached to it is part of that um unfortunately, but you know, he's he's assured me cuz he's a very sweet guy that uh, he's he's very happy with the decision to cast me and and um you know, I just I just I don't know, man. It was uh it was a uh, it was like me kind of Taking all the tools that I, I learned from Wolf, from Chris, from uh, Robert Carnegie, from any other uh, acting teachers I've, I've worked with, and and just kind of kind of like just using all of them, and then at the same time getting on set, in some cases, and not really being prepared for, for it at all, you know. Um, Cause there's a lot of technical stuff we were doing mm. that I was not prepared for. Cause you know, we're coming from Playhouse, we don't really work on the technical side of it. It's, it's more, um, it's more about, you know, tr- finding the reality of it. Right. The truth. Right? The truth. Mm-hmm. And, and, and sometimes when you're making a movie, there's nothing real about anything. It's, it's, you're you're having to hit a mark that is so uh, not r- real or true, but and but you have to sell it and you know convince uh, the audience that it is. And so it was a it was a humbling experience in that way, and a, and a and a big learning experience for me because I I didn't know if I could pull it off, and and you know uh, we, we we finished it. And it's out there, and uh, you know, uh, about an hour of it got cut out. So there's a lot of work that I did that is never going to be seen by anybody. That I'm kind of bummed about because there some of my favorite uh, parts of the movie got cut out. But that's just how it goes, you know. Mm. I couldn't have like a couldn't make that movie three hours. I think that would be <laughs> a little too much. Even though I saw Bo is Afraid, and that's like. That was three hours, and it was probably even more intense. It's called than... "Bo is Afraid." Yeah, you, you heard of it? It's I don't a, think I have. It's, not, it's a new Ari Aster movie. He made uh, "Hereditary" and "Midsummer." And
0: oh, dude, if it's he, that guy, yeah, yeah. And, and he like, made a three-hour movie. He made a three-hour movie I'll, with Wa- Midsummer. Made me extremely oh, uncomfortable, yeah. dude. Oh yeah, it's, that's kind of his. <laughs> that's
1: kind of what he does. But he made this movie, "Bo is Afraid," with Joaquin Phoenix. What? And, yeah, you gotta see it. Man. Oh my you god, see it. You dig it the most. Uh, <laughs> But uh, anyway, like that's sort of like I didn't think that a movie that is that intense you could really sustain it for three hours. And then I saw that movie. and I'm like, well, it works. I mean, it's it's not something I want to see again, but it worked while I watched it for sure. Um, and this could have been three hours. the The original, the initial cut was three hours. So,
0: well, and what I loved about it, and I think I told you this uh, after. There was just so many real moments in that. Like one in particular I, that st- stood out to me was the phone when you get the phone call time. Yeah. And I really felt like that, that to me was one of the most strongest. All of them were strong. But that one really stood out because I really thought I was watching someone that didn't really have anyone to call. And you're yeah. calling those family members, yeah. and hey, I just want to talk. And you have nothing else to do. Like, and it really felt that way, man. It really. So I guess maybe that trans, or transitions to the question: What was that like? Like just preparing for that mentally? Like, <laughs> like you, you yeah, couldn't have been in too many happy of places, I would think. Yeah. Well,
1: you know you don't if you're doing something like that and it's it's like you're going to prison the movie starts on your first day in prison right so you've never been to prison before so you're not preparing to be in prison like there's no preparation for the prison part right mm-hmm. i was preparing for everything that led to that it's like you know what wolf talks about right. everything that happened behind you right um and so my preparation was 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 my history as the, as Chris Taro, this guy was. It was just filling out what was it like to grow up in Missouri, uh, in a fam- you know, in a uh, broken home, and get into drugs, and uh, drop out of high school, and, uh, you know, kind of go down that path, you know, have an abusive father. Um, Uh, a sort of uh a neglectful mother um you know that kind of thing it was it was it was filling all that stuff out because it was like why how did i get there right and i don't necessarily have to understand why but i have to have all that filled out so that was what i mainly focused on uh Leading up to. And then as soon as I got there and we started shooting, we shot, for the most part, we shot in sequence, which was super helpful. We shot, Mm. you know, like a a few things we had to move around. But like for the most part, we shot from, you know, beginning to end. So it was really easy for me to stay connected to where I was in the movie or um, timeline-wise. And just keeping a – I just kept a journal while I was there. I mean, I had a journal for – Leading the two months leading up to the movie, and then you know, I had another journal as soon as I got there, and I was just constantly, you know, scratching down whatever, uh, whatever I was feeling, you know, free associating all the time. Whenever I wasn't shooting, uh, I was trying to, um, uh, and then I, I did that early on, and I, I found that I was getting fatigued by the end of the day because there were long days, 12 hour days, and it was, um, And so I found that it was helpful to like take breaks and like come out of it and kind of like talk to the the crew or, you know, and hang out and just kind of be normal for a second. Okay, I'm fine. Everything's cool. I'm not in prison. Uh, I'm not in solitary (laughs) confinement. Uh, That that ended up being – I got into like a a nice rhythm there where I could like take a break. Okay, it's time. We're going to start shooting again. Okay, I'll get back into – this and then shoot and then come back out but really uh just dylan kind of made my job as easy as it as it could be because we shot at a real prison we shot in sequence he's a really intense guy and kind of misunderstood a little bit he kind of misunderstood you know, how I work, because he, he asked me a lot of questions leading up to, like, how do you want to, like, how do you want me to approach you when we're there? Do you want me to, like, address you as the character? Blah, blah, blah. Are you, like, method? What's the, what is this? And I was like, no, no, no. I'm, I come from a, a school of acting that's, that's all about truth and, 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 and being truthful no matter what it is, you know? not forcing anything, allowing things to happen, being present, like that's kind of what I do. And he kind of took that as like, okay, so you want a, a total immersive experience. And so he, <laughs> that's what he gave me. And like he he kind of isolated me from people and uh, the rest of the crew and, and kind of told them not to talk to me while, while we were on set. And he even had uh, the actors playing the guards not talk to me in between takes and kind of, I didn't really know them all that well because that's, you know, he, the guy did so much research, like prison guards are instructed, you know, to not get close to mm-hmm. prisoners. They're not meant like, don't engage with them. It's, a, it's, you give them, you bring them their food, you take them to work out, you take them to the gym, you take them to the shower, whatever you take them to the phone call, but other, like you're not supposed to become friendly with them. It's, it's it's kind of, it's fucked up but it's it's just the way it is so he instructed all the prison guards to to
0: you know not really
1: engage with me and uh that was helpful you know anything to add to that feeling of of isolation you know deprivation cuz that's what he was trying to do he was trying to make an experiential uh movie not not like a, an objective thing where we're watching something play out and we make our own, uh, you know, we, we form our own opinion on it. No, he was like, I want to put the audience in the shoes of this person. I want to, as much as I can, make them feel what this guy is feeling. That was what he was trying to do. And I think in, in a lot of ways, most ways, he succeeded in that, you know. And um, so that was... That was probably the 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 coolest part about it. I mean, nah, cool is a weird word to use because it was <laughs> not fun, but it was. I really could lose myself in it pretty easily, mm. which is not the healthiest thing in the world. But
0: well, that was going to be another question. So it was twenty five days mm. you filmed. What was that like after you're done filming? Did was there an adjustment period? I always think about. Not to get too extreme, but yep. you know, when like Heath Ledger played the Joker, I mm-hmm. guess it stayed with him for a little while.
1: That is the rumor, yeah. Um, and I and I don't know. I I, um, I don't know. Like end of the day, uh, it's make believe.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's dress up, you know. Where, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's weird. It's weird how. I, I mean, I've. I've had darker fantasies really at, at Playhouse, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, it's, and I know you have too. I've, I've, I yeah. took, I took the, we're not supposed to talk about it, but uh,
0: well, we don't have to go into go to detail, we, but, were in the but we were in the unit fantasy together. unit together. So like one of my favorite times. Absolutely. The entire And thing. so like,
1: you know, you know, like you, you did some really, you went to some places yeah, and you're you're just okay. You're okay. It's like yeah. I don't know how to explain it. It's not really. Um, I I just you know I also like a, an, an enormous amount of gratitude coming back from that of, mm. of of like not being in that place, not not being in that position, right? And like, um, you know, not being uh, deprived of of my basic human rights. Is uh, it, it, yeah, it, it really, really helped me or gave me a, a deeper appreciation for for everything, mm-hmm. you know, that I take for granted. Um, absolutely.
0: You really learn that reality, isn't that bad? It's actually really good. It,
1: yeah In... oh it's what you make it right. Right. I mean, it's uh, yeah. It but yeah, my life is pretty good pretty good uh, compared to most people's lives um and that's you know it's a, something i'm constantly reminding myself of when i whenever i'm feeling sorry for myself which i do quite often uh you know it's it's good to remind yourself that yeah it, it, this is probably better than like 98% of you know
0: Humanity. people yeah yeah you yeah. know and the fact that your fiance plays the violin, too, I didn't mean, know I knew she was an extremely talented director. Yeah. oh yeah, but the fact that I know the violin's in play, you guys gotta make an album and put the dog on the cover. <laughs> <laughs> what's the dog's name by the way Tack. yeah yeah t a k
1: stands for or it's short for Takayoshi, which is her grandfather's nickname
0: oh okay, I don't know
1: uh the the story behind that nickname, but um everybody called him Takayoshi tack for short and we named her after him so yeah
0: i'm always i love dogs so every time i i see the dog in the gram she's
1: she's she's a great dog she's a wonderful dog she's a sweet dog she just has really bad anxiety and um she's had it since we picked her up was she a rescue uh no, no, she she was an accidental she's an accidental breeding mm. in Wyoming where Larissa grew up. Mm-hmm. And it was a border collie and a and a German shepherd on this uh on a ranch and they weren't supposed to, you know, but they did and uh
0: <laughs> I think that happens with humans yeah, too. Yeah, it sure
1: does. <laughs> they probably shouldn't have yeah, done yeah, that, yeah, but probably they probably shouldn't did. have made that happen. Uh <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so they were like, Hey, we got all these puppies and uh we're just giving them away because we don't you know, it wasn't supposed to happen. Um and so, you know, we were trying we were looking at uh rescuing and we were re we we even had some like some meetings with, with some different places and met some dogs and, and were you know, very much going in that direction. But then this popped up and I don't know, it just felt right. So we, we went with uh with her and, and it's been You know, yeah, she's, she's amazing. I I just can't, she's just really anxious and it's, it's, and I, for, you know, I'm a really anxious person and I, I, and I worry that I, I rubbed off on her. So I don't know. Mm. We we make each other anxious maybe.
0: Mm. (laughs) Well, um, I don't want to get too far. So confinement, is there any final thoughts on that one? That experience? Uh, no man
1: I uh I appreciate you coming to the to screening and checking it, awesome. it out and um I'm yeah I'm really really proud of it. Uh it's a it's a I always, you know, warn people if they're going to check it out that it's it's um it's a real bummer. It's a real bummer of a movie. You don't uh, leave
0: away feeling like good. <laughs> yeah, it's not a, it's not the feel good movie of the
1: year by, by any means. Um so there's, you know, just like if you're going to check it out, which you know i I would love if people checked it out but um no, I'm just super grateful for the experience and grateful to Dylan Welter. I mean it's really he put so much so much work into that movie. How did you two connect by the way? like I don't he went to the same film school I went to.
0: And That was in Colorado. Colorado. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Was he part of the crew? Where? Did you no. move out here with how many people again? There were there were eight of us. Eight of you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And then eventually there were eleven of us living okay. in the house. But um, it was eight.
0: Were the the first. So uh, you knew group. Dylan previously. I
1: did. He wasn't like he started as I was leaving. So I kind of met him on my way out. Um, but you know we were. Friendly enough, you know, we, we knew each other and we had mutual friends and, and um, he was looking for this, you know, somebody to cast in this role. And uh, we have a mutual friend, Ryan Johnson, who I think you've met. Um, mm-hmm. he, he directed, I don't know if you remember that movie, uh, Such a Nice Car We Have. Yeah. yeah, that was That's a good one. That's Ryan. <laughs> and um, he had been sending drafts of the script to Ryan for a year or so and he was just talking about he you know trying to cast it and he didn't really he was maybe going to do it himself because he acts as well oh, okay. he was like maybe, but i don't want to like my first feature to also act in it that seems like too much um so i really want to find somebody but i don't really he's he's very particular and doesn't really he, you know he's like i don't know if i trust anybody And ryan was like why don't you ask grayson see if he you know let let him audition and um I'm really grateful to Ryan because Dylan was like, "Oh, I didn't even hadn't even occurred to me to think about Grayson for this." And so then he reached out and he was like, uh, "Yeah, man, if you want to, you know, audition, uh, here's the script and uh, and here are the sides that you know And I got together with with Eric and Nick Osborne, so also big shout out to them. They helped me with the initial audition, which was a lot. It was like eight pages, mm. and um, it was the the scene one of the scenes with the Earl McWilliams character the the, the guard who I kind of have a relationship I talk to
0: he was really good in that too by the way yeah yeah, yeah he stood out too yeah he, he's he, a sweet
1: yeah. guy yeah um, Kansas City local Um, but yeah it was that one of the the longer scene with him and then the phone call with the with my mom those were the two audition scenes and so it was uh it was intense and uh, and it was like four four callbacks before he finally decided to go with me um I, I and it would be like three weeks in between I wouldn't hear anything I was like oh I just didn't get it yeah. and then he'd be like ah I want to do another one let's do this scene <laughs> and then I'd do that one and then I he wouldn't hear from him for three weeks and then he'd be like oh, let's do uh, let's do a cry test and uh, and then we did a cry test which was I don't know if you've ever had to do that mm-hmm. but it's a terrible thing anyway uh, <laughs> I uh, it was just like he just wanted me to you know basically film myself crying to see if I could do that and then um which you know is is funny because like you can if you're in in a scene or in a in a play or whatever in an exercise and you and something happens and you know, causes you to, to be emotional, that's great. And that's, you know, but going into something with the specific intention of getting emotional is a terrible, at least for me, it's a terrible, Mm -hmm. uh, uh, it's not how I do things, you know? So it was, it was, that was really challenging. Um, but yeah, I'm really proud of it and and grateful to have been a part of it. I think. Yeah.
0: Well, and for you, this is your debut acting in a feature?
1: I, I was in another feature a couple of years ago, back in 2017. Before, uh, well, it was shot in 2015, but mm-hmm. then came out in 2017. Mm-hmm. And um, before Playhouse and before any... <laughs> uh, anyway, it was... It, it, debut
0: lead feature.
1: No, no, I was the lead in You were the lead too. in this one too. Uh, okay yeah it's out there you can it's 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 called dead love i think is the title that they went with eventually when i was when i was working on it it was called a song for the living which i thought was a way better title and then they sold it to some distribution company Mm -hmm. and they decided like dead love is a is a better title um but it's it's i'm not super eh, i don't want to
0: shit talk or anything but no it's it's confinement available Confin- now <laughs> <on> the- <laughs> <laughs> well for both of you dylan and you mm-hmm. for being the uh some of your initial projects in the feature realm i mean wow like you guys nailed it man thank you man i gotta shout out him uh, dylan too on that opening scene where you're with the lawyer yeah a uh, little bit of a spoiler alert but i, I got a very big like kubrick vibe yeah. To that, because of the music, the way the camera's coming in, I didn't realize that till after I left. I'm like, "Oh, that was totally like Stanley Kubrick esque." No, you're right. Re- but he had different types. Of, it was very, it was very creative, man. It was very. I really dug how. I'll, I'll start giving stuff away if I keep talking about. I it, mean, it just, he
1: goes to prison.
0: <laughs> but and, yeah, I mean uh, that's the privilege. You go to prison, yeah. but just like the the mural on your wall, uh, he's an artist. You As know. an artist, the the flashbacks, the the field, uh,
1: yeah, that was that's. I mean, that was inspired. Great musical by,
0: selections too. Oh yeah, very the, good musical great selections. Great score. Um, yeah, score. There you go. Uh, great score,
1: and you know, just he has he had a vision. You know, it's it's so yeah. nice to work with. It's when you work with a director who has a vision. It's everything. That's amazing. Like it's, um, you know, I, I always go back to Wolf like that's working with a guy who has a vision it's like it's such it's the it's the best possible situation for an actor is to work with somebody who's who knows what they want for me anyway um and Dylan knew I mean Dylan it's funny you mentioned Kubrick because like he's very Kubrickian in his uh, approach to everything and I mean like it's so formal and I mean, there were shots that he was giving me and, you know, he was telling me exactly what to do with my face, you know what I mean? Which goes against everything that I've been trained to do. And this is what I talk about, like what I was saying earlier is like, I wasn't prepared for some of these things because, you know, there were certain shots that he had in mind and it was like as specific as like, hey, you move your eyebrow like a little bit up if you could just like. A little bit, you know what I mean? Just like, no, too much, or whatever, or like say it just like this, you know. Um, which, in retrospect, I, I I don't know, like I, they're just different. There's more than one way to skin a cat, and that's how he did it. And I've heard about Hitchcock and Kubrick, like being that specific with their act with, you know, when they work with actors, it's like. Do this at this moment because I have the, I have this vision. I have this idea. This is what it's going to look like. And you have to do this exactly like this. Why? Because I, because I said so, you know.
0: I hear Tarantino. I don't know if he's like that in terms of doing it a certain way, but I know on dialogue, like he's strict. Oh, yeah. Very strict. Yeah. Like, and like I've watched him and he's like, it's my movie. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, I wrote... This dialogue to be said. I don't want it said and, any other way. And honestly, like, what a
1: gift that is, I think. I mean, I don't... Like, it's much... I think it's much better than the alternative, which is to be working with somebody who doesn't really know what they want. Yeah. Right? I mean, I don't get me wrong. I've had more fun making other movies that were a little looser and, like, you know, where the director knew what they wanted, but they also... We're like, hey, let's play. Let's see what happens. Let's make discoveries. That's a great way to do it too. I love doing it that way. That's the funnest way to do it for sure. But, you know, end of the day, looking back on that experience in that movie, it's like, oh, he had a vision and I was there to help him uh, bring it to life, make it real. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And uh, I wouldn't trade it for, for anything, you know, his movie.
0: Well, and not learning the backstory um, to how you two connected, and I think we talked on the last one too. But you, you have a, a very good network of creators around you. Mm, I'm like, very you, lucky. Could you talk a little bit about that? Because I think that's very pivotal. Because people talk about finding your creative family, and mm-hmm. but like with you, like you're, you're one camp, the Colorado camp, like where I'm like, oh no, they they put out work.
1: <laughs> like, well, yeah, it's
0: not just like ideas. Like no, they have several bodies of work. That you can see from every single one of them that they put out. But a lot of times you guys are collaborating with each other. And could you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, we used to.
1: When we lived together, we were very active. Uh, Not so much anymore. I mean, everybody's kind of gone their own way and, and they're doing their own thing. And some people are still, you know, making movies. And some of them have moved on from that. And some of them are... Have their their own you know uh, businesses that they're you know they're some of them are you know making you know big stuff working on big big shows, and, um, but yeah for we had a streak there for a while uh, where we were you know uh, very prolific we were we were doing a lot um, and that was like you you met me around that when mm-hmm. in the middle of that so right. it. Um, but I was talking to Gabe Greer about this the other night when I, uh, he was asking me about, about that, about our group and what we were, you know, how, where we were now. And, um, yeah, slowed down significantly because when you're not living, you know, we're all, all over the place, but, um, no, very, very, very fortunate to, to have moved out here with the people I moved out here with and, um, you know uh, just there was a time when it was just like we were all just so uh, enthusiastic and and excited and um we all just wanted to to make stuff and um it was a really it, it was a a beautiful time in my life, and I look back on it as a you know definitely one of the uh the best times of my life was was living in that house and making those short films with those people um, so yeah i mean i, I and i in my network expanded significantly when I went to playhouse West because I've met so many people there mm-hmm. yourself included mm-hmm. like um so yeah I've just been very lucky. To have met so many people that I that I like that I I don't know I've gotten to make things with them, um, and I don't know why I don't know how that happened I, I you know actually I, I do know exactly how it happened Larissa,
0: hmm.
1: she brought everybody together, and uh, I just happened to be, uh, I've just been dating her since uh, you know 2013 and I just got. To, one of the benefits of being her partner was, you know, being brought I was brought into the fold and I was
0: putting a lot of films.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, honestly, man, like cuz I'm not I I'm not the kind of person to, I don't put myself out there really. Like I'm not I just yeah, I got really lucky. I got really really lucky and I and I'm super happy with with everything that we made when we were all living together super cool um yeah
0: and you and larissa you guys did those uh the diary thing what was that yeah yeah
1: that was like a pandemic thing yeah
0: Yeah, that was i forgot all about that right now yeah yeah. dude you have made a lot of stuff um so i mean that all being said like i mean you say you got another album you've made it's it's
1: been recorded it's being mixed at the moment and i'm trying to figure out when i should drop it because i don't want to wait i recorded that other the lonesome dial tones i recorded the bulk of that in 2021 and it took me this long to to put it out there because i was mainly out of fear you know of 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 being that vulnerable i don't Mm. know like i've never been quite that vulnerable before and i've been um, there's a it's it's weird like when you act for me like when i act i there's i'm hiding behind a a a character or a person you know a role um but with that it was like oh no this is you this is me like i'm i'm sharing some of my most intimate thoughts and feelings to everybody you know um so it was i sat on it for like a long time Mm. and then uh, a friend asked me one day she was just like when is that when is that coming out you've been talking about that a long time when is that <laughs> and i was like oh. okay yeah you're right do
0: you watch family guy
1: uh-uh i mean well not for
0: years but i have watched it yeah. oh there's this thing where stewie the baby always talks to brian the dog Are you coming out yeah, yeah. with that novel yet yeah yeah you gonna write that novel? yeah 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 <laughs> exactly exactly talking about that
1: album exactly you've been talking about that album is that a real thing you really uh you really got an album or you just uh you just talking um but yeah so by the it's it was weird how it worked out but like i i had set up this new project right before i had that conversation and then i as i decided okay i'm gonna upload the whole thing and 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 start promoting it pick or pick a release date and start promoting it as i was doing that i was I had booked these sessions with this other guy, Colin, this guy Colin Jones, amazing, amazing producer, uh, incredible musician. And um so it was cool. It was like I got to I got to distract myself from the uh you know, the impending doom of of mm. of releasing this thing that could never be taken back. You know, this mm. thing that's like, okay, once you put this out there, people are gonna People are going to listen to it and they're going to love it or hate it or be completely indifferent, you know, whatever. And, but it's going to be out there, you know. And that's, for me, it was a very scary uh, thing. Mm. Um, and now it's out there and I'm just like, oh, okay. Nothing nothing changed. <laughs> people, people like you text, you know, my friends texted me and they yeah. said, you know, oh, they said they liked it or, you know people didn't like it and I'm not going to hear about it. So that's like, that's the beauty of it is like, it's not going to affect me either way. Yeah. You know?
0: Well, it brings me to the question now that you are making music again, you've made a couple projects. Is this something now that's going to go side by side simultaneously with acting or is it more, you just felt the calling to do music at this time, or I guess you'll just be in the flow, I suppose. Or is this the music something you want to keep going alongside the acting, I guess would be the question.
1: Well. Hmm. Yeah, that's something that I've been uh grappling with a lot uh in the past year or so. Um, I hesitate to make any statements that i i mean um i don't know i i've been sort of hold like the music thing and then the acting thing i've been you know side by side and it's really come down to like cuz i i hate being pulled into different directions i hate like feeling like i'm not giving enough attention to the one thing because i have so much attention on the other I feel like the other one suffers because I'm focused on this other thing. I'm not really good at this multi-hyphenate thing like 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 Ford Fanter.
0: Right. Like I, he, he – Who does everything and does it at a very high level well. strikes
1: a great balance. He has ba- – <laughs> I know another guy, Andrew Grace. I don't know if you've met oh, him. Oh, yeah, like, Andrew, yeah. But like the, the, I, I've met people like that who are really good at like balancing that or they seem mm. to be. I don't know what it's mm. like to be them. But I don't know like behind the scenes, but – uh, they seem to balance it pretty well um, I tend to be extreme one way or the other like when I'm acting it's like mm, all I'm thinking about yeah. when I'm making music it's all I'm thinking about right. so it's hard I've I've been mm, this acting thing has been kind of heartbreaking for me and I I haven't been finding as much joy in it as I used to and i'm not i don't know what i'm going to do yet and it's 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 i don't know it's crazy that i'm i'm saying this out loud on this thing that's going to be broadcast but um i don't know man i i might step back from acting might i might do that for 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 a while or and when I, when I say that, I don't mean like stop acting because I love act, I love the, the act of it. I love doing it. Um, and if, if somebody like John Strelick were to come to me and be like, hey, I, I wrote this script that's got the Gunther sequel right here, let's do it. Or you know, in fact, John wrote a script that he wants to do with Ford and I. It's like a little 10 minute short he wants to make with uh, me and Ford. Something like that. I might, or if Wolf calls me and says, I got this play I want to do, you know. But I think I'm not so sure I want to actively pursue it as a career anymore. And you're the first, besides Larissa, you're like the first person I've said that to. Uh, but... I don't know. You just you make me want to be honest, Sam. You may you are you're turning me into an honest man.
0: Uh I feel like uh, uh when Michael Jordan first announced that he was retiring from the game of basketball. <laughs> oh, God. Like, just, no, uh, no um, man, no, I I appreciate uh it's just look, I was
1: told by I've been told by a lot of really smart people throughout my Time here doing this thing that if you don't love this thing, if you don't really love it, don't fucking do it. Don't because it's hard. It's so hard. And if you don't love it, then like don't do it because that's the only thing that's going to sustain you throughout like all the disappointment, all the rejection, all the waiting for something to happen. Not not that you should be waiting, but you know what I mean? Like, just like trying to make something happen and nothing happening. And I don't mean nothing. That sounds so, like, like I said, I'm super great. Like we just talked about a, a feature film I, I worked on and and I did that and that was fucking great. And I loved it and I did it. And there's nothing, uh, you know, it's it's a real thing that exists out there in the world. And I'm super proud of it. And I'm happy that I got to be a part of it. But, you know, I find myself getting a a text from my agent saying, you got an audition. And that feeling like a burden. Hmm. Like, that text is not exciting to me. It's... It, it it stresses me out. I usually am not connected to the material because I'm a non union actor with a an agent who's doesn't have a whole lot of clout here and they're doing their best. God bless them. They're very nice people. Um but I get that text and instead of being like, oh right, this is an opportunity to act. Oh my God. I go fuck. I don't want to do that. And that's a problem, I think. I think that's a problem. And um, so I've really been, and it's hard. It's a hard thing to talk about. It's a hard thing to say out loud because it makes me feel like I've wasted so much time. If If I decide to really, really take the leap and just be like, eh, I think it's, I think it's over. Which I haven't made that decision, but I, I'm I'm certainly considering it. Um and then it would be like full time music. Because that's the thing, is like with music, I'm having something's happening every day. Mm. You know? Right. And it's all something like i i i'll write a song or i'll write it, i'll have an idea for a song or i'll come up with a vocal melody or I'll, a chord progression or uh just an idea a lyric whatever it is and i and i i get that i can make that happen almost every day if i just open myself up to it with acting it's like uh, okay i'm in a i'm in a class i have a scene partner we're going to meet up we're going to we're going to do this and then we're going to work on this scene and then we're going to put it up and, and then for about 10 minutes when I'm in class and I'm putting up the scene, I'm, I feel amazing. I feel alive. It's incredible. But there's a lot of time in between that I am. It's like pulling teeth to me at this point. And it wasn't always like that when I was at Playhouse, when I met you, you know, I loved it. I loved every aspect of it. I loved getting a new scene. I loved digging into it. I loved, you know, doing script analysis. I loved doing, uh, you know, exercises into section, the section working. I loved the, you know, doing exercises in class to to kind of, you know, I loved, uh, I loved the Spoon Rivers. I loved the, like, I loved all of it. I loved the fantasies. I loved uh, uh, then, like applying, you know, those things, those tools to the work and and figuring out how to like go deeper and do all this. And I just don't have that same mojo for it, mm. you know. And I and I'm sorry, you know, this is. I hope this didn't get too weird because you were just like, we were just talking about
0: acting for so long, but. Hi. This is. Uh this is a safe space man say whatever you want like it's real because i think and uh just to interject for a second this has been a common theme on this podcast because yeah a lot of actors and stuff and i'll just speak personally i mean i mean so first and foremost like someone that sees confinement from somewhere in middle america where i'm from to and it's just they don't know like they're thinking you've made it here. You know, you've, you're living in a big house. Right. Oh, he's a, he. he's made it. He's, he's, he's on all these streaming services. Right. The reality I've seen out here and you're right. Cause I've heard the same exact thing. If you don't, if you can find money doing something, I think Bobby Schlasky said it when he was on here. And Fuck he's a guy work. that works a lot and he's, does a lot. He's fucking great. I he's love phenomenal. I love his work. Man. But like, yeah, if you Don't love like every aspect of this and you can make money doing other stuff. Probably have a little more peace of mind. And like I'll say this over and over again, but I I fully it just blows my mind. Like the level and you being one of those people out here, of people I have seen, seen with my own two eyes live and on film. And know that it doesn't matter how great you can be at this. You still may never get a chance, a true chance that's why I said earlier I was so happy to see you get that opportunity with yeah. that. Because there's a lot of people that are at that high skill level like you. They're never even gonna get to do that. Yeah. No, absolutely. You know? uh, very, um,
1: very fortunate. Yeah.
0: So it's it's almost uh yeah. oh, I gotta think of the right way to it's, it's it's disheartening to see. Like it really is like uh just in general to just see so many people that are so good at something, but they have to work 10 jobs (laughs) to even stay in a place that is constantly raising the price. It's just, I don't, and the politics of it all, like I am not a fan of that. And I'm not pursuing acting. A lot of people think I'm branding myself. I, I, I love acting. I love being around it and talking to folks such as yourself. But Mm -hmm. me personally, I don't like, I, I just couldn't stay. you you nailed it on the head. Like I would hate getting, hey, you got a self-tape due uh in an hour and a half. Yeah. Drop everything you're doing yeah. and go do not for me. Yeah. <laughs> and that's just me. I just I don't want to live like that.
1: Yeah. No, it's, it's you know it, it yeah. should be it should be exciting. Right. Right? It should be like, oh, here's another opportunity yeah. to do what I love yeah. to do. And it's just not that for me. And I feel. You know, I'm turning in these auditions for my agent that are like, to me, like the standard that I hold for myself. You know, that was instilled in me. Like I'm, um, it's not, it's it's do do. You know, it's shit. It's not, and it's because I'm like, I I just have to turn this in. They're gonna drop me if I don't turn this in. I gotta give them something, and because uh, that's how it works. You know. Um, they get you an audition. You turn it in. You know, at least my, I don't know if I'm that's what eight. I hear. Yeah, agencies work, but mine's yeah. pretty strict <laughs> about this. Um, you know, uh, and so it's just be. And and it's, the thing is, man, I I've been out here eight years, which is you know some people have been out here way longer, but like I'm not even in the union, man. I'm not even, uh, like I've never even been in a room to to audition for a for a TV show or, like, a movie. Like, I've never... The only reason I got confinement is because I knew a guy from way back when. That's it. That's the only reason. You know what I mean? Which, like, I haven't even been able to, like, break into the outermost layer of this shit. I'm still on the outside. And I'm not saying that it's... I'm not, like, going to... Feel sorry for myself. Start a pity party here. It's not like I'm like, oh, poor pitiful me. I can't go. Can't break into the the, the entertainment industry. Uh, no, it's just like at the end of the day, is this bringing me enough joy on a daily basis to to keep doing it? To keep trying to break in, to you know. And I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think so. And. It, that's the, the thing I'm having to come to terms with that's been so painful these last couple of months. Um, I have, you know I've been pretty de- depressed about it because mm-hmm. it feels wrong. It feels wrong to even be thinking this, to be considering this. But I'm just trying to I'm trying to be honest with myself. I'm trying to be true to myself. And that sometimes can be very painful, I think. Um, and, and yeah, and I haven't like officially, maybe by the time this comes out, this will be something that my agent knows about and my, you know, like
0: uh, well, not, you know, I, what I, it, well, if you need anything edited, we have, we'll hey, have a few weeks. I
1: appreciate <laughs> it. Uh, but, you know, it's like, I have to have that conversation with them. Mm. I have to say, hey, I um. I don't. It's it's it'll be fine. I have to have that conversation with like, people like Wolf, people like. You know, which you know. I think, people like Eric. Oh my God! How do I tell that guy? Mm. And that's the perfect example. Eric Jorgensen, who we both dear friend of both of ours. Yep. Like, and I've worked with him extensively. I winning, play, streak, I play the with winning streak. Shout out to winning streak. Yeah. Yes. That guy loves it. There is no doubt.
0: He is an actor. He
1: loves it. Mm-hmm. He loves every aspect of it deeply. If I went over and knocked on his door right now, haven't seen him in a couple of months, or I briefly saw him the other day. Let's but like, do a first read. I'd right be like, now. hey, I'd be like, hey, man, you want you want to do something right now? You want to do some repetition? You want you want to do an, an exercise? Drop whatever he's doing. Say no more. <laughs> Come in. Dinner's I, cooking. I, exactly. <laughs> we'll eat later. I already got the coffee, bro. We're, let's go. That's him, right? Yeah. If you did that, if you came to my house and knocked on my door and asked me to do that, I would say, you, you can come in and play video games. <laughs> you can come in and, and, like, we can chill, but like, no, we're not, I'm not doing that. <laughs> I didn't like doing that when I was, when I had to do that for homework. Don't get me wrong, valuable, incredibly valuable to to do those exercises and do you know repetition and and do doors and activities for days and days and days for you know it's like I see the value in it but I never enjoyed it really that much uh it was it was a stepping stone I was trying to figure some shit out um but for him man not any like he and it an audience of one an audience of zero he doesn't care he he wants to have that experience it's all about the experience for him To lose himself in that, in that experience.
0: That applies to everything too. It really does. (laughs) Just really take acting or whatever you're involved in in life. This book, (laughs) what you're gonna read. I'm gonna read. It's about
1: that specific thing, which is like Mm. losing yourself in in what you're doing. And I think that I'm I'm finding that music is is the avenue in which I'm, I'm. experiencing that the most. And it's not like it's any easier (laughs) to do that as a career. But it's where your heart's at. I just find, I think it's, I'm finding more joy in it on a daily, on an hourly basis, you know? And um, whereas acting, I'm, I'm finding little 10, 15 minute spurts
0: of joy, you know, anyway. So first and foremost, man, I really respect everything you just said. Cause that takes a lot of courage to be how you just were right now. I, it's really a surreal moment right now because like, I've been thinking about it when you asked me to do this, I was like,
1: am I yeah. going to tell Sam about this on the oh. podcast? And I was like, Nah, probably not. That's probably not a good idea. And I don't know. I just, it just happened. It just happened. just had a moment. I, well, you asked me the right question, and I just feel like if I come on, this podcast seems to be about one thing more than anything, and that's peeling back, like the 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 layers of of a person, and and really getting to the 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 heart of of what makes that person tick. You know, like it's. It's why I enjoy watching and listening to it so much is it's 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 beyond just like a good conversation. It's like you're really, really getting to discover something about somebody in a way that is really beautiful, man. It's like there you know, and there are a lot of talk, you know, podcasts that are talk shows, you know, you think about like the most popular one in the world is what Joe Rogan. But it's mm-hmm. like this is like Joe Rogan, but without all the the like the supplements and the, yeah. and the, and the talk
0: until you know, we get the sparkling water sp- yeah, oh, yeah, sponsorship, <laughs> um,
1: you know. And so I don't know. I th- I thought about that. I was like, man, if it comes up, maybe I'll just maybe I'll just say it. So
0: well, and I I feel like there's this, you know, the stereotypical thing I could say to you. Oh, but Grayson, you're so great at it. Keep going. Right. But it's like. First and for, like, and I'm gonna throw back some advice you had given me right out on that balcony. I remember when I was starting to hobble around a little bit. Mm-hmm. I remember when Eric was moving to the apartment next door, you yeah. were helping move his couch, yeah, out. And you and I like caught a moment to yeah, catch yeah, up yeah. a little bit. And you asked me like, "Oh, obviously, I wasn't doing any acting of any kind." And you told me something. I've actually told people what you've told me. You're like, "Hey, man, the beauty of acting is is you're always working on it. Your humanity. So yeah, maybe you. T- it's it's fine to take a break." To step away. It's not that, I mean, you can do this your entire life. That's the thing with acting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You could take a five-year break. Yeah. Daniel Day-Lewis took like a five-year break from in between his movies and like went and made shoes for five yeah. years or whatever. Yeah, yeah. You know? And it's just like, it's okay. And I think it takes a lot of courage because I just got, and I do the same thing with stuff. Is like I was talking to somebody, like our egos create these identities for us. And once you create this identity, like well, anything that threatens this identity that I've created and showcased to people, oh, I got to keep this going. But Mm -hmm. what happens is you keep it going, but you're miserable. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's like, you know, if you are going to be more happy, like, I don't want to do this shit anymore. Like, I don't want to do these random auditions. And yeah, look, if the right opportunity comes my way, of course you'll do it. Yeah. Someone comes to you with a feature again and... Said, hey, man, we want you to play the part. Well, f- fuck yeah. Like, but at the same time, you got to live your life and you got to figure out what you want in life and what makes you happy. And if music's making you happy, and you're really great at that, too. Thanks, <laughs> so, man. No, it's just... It's not it's, like you're just starting out now. Like, you're really great at that. So, man, go with your heart, man. Do what you want. It will all be okay.
1: I really appreciate you saying that. And yeah. it, it's, it's important to hear because I think I get in this headspace of like, oh, it's every, this decision is permanent. This is like... This is a huge pivotal moment, and it has to be like once you make. I'm so extreme. I'm such an extreme person. So it's like, oh, if you don't want to act anymore, that means you're just, you're done. You're, no, you're not an actor anymore. Um, and that's not true. I was talking to Blake, the guy who produced the, the record this morning. And he said this something similar to what you just said, which is like, "Hey, man, you don't have to like quit forever, right? <laughs> just take you a can break. Just like maybe it'd be good for you to take a break, um, year, yeah, it's whatever, sabbatical. yeah. So, yeah, I think that's a good place to 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 leave. That is yeah. like, it's it's. It, I don't know, I don't know. Sure. I I just have these feelings, and if I ignored them, I think it would be wrong. I think it would be wrong to ignore." Uh, this feeling that I have, you know?
0: Well, thank you for your honesty and thank you for the sincere words about the podcast. Um, I love it, man. I love this. Podcast. You just solved a problem for me, by the way. What's that? Uh, figuring out what this podcast is about. You worded it beautifully. Uh, yeah. Cause, cause as I go forward and it's like, what am I even doing?
1: <laughs> well, I- <laughs> it's so cool, man. Cause it's like, I, you've been, you are without a doubt, one of the kindest, most supportive genuinely like just genuine people i've ever met like truly and i've mm. met a lot of really great people and you're in the top tier of like you're on uh, your upper echelon of of, of that and, and it you this podcast kind of gives it's the people who listen to it just a glimpse in how in the way you see people the how i mean you are you love people you love mm. think you like you when you tell me you like the shit that I've done, I know you're not lying to me. You're not mm-hmm. blowing smoke up my ass. You really fucking loved it, and that's fucking awesome. Um, and this podcast, I think, gives people just like a glimpse, just a just a glimpse of that. Mm-hmm. I get to feel what it's like to to see the world through your eyes for a second, and it makes me feel really good. Like I I feel a little more optimistic about everything, you know. And I don't know, man. I think it's I think just keep keep on cranking them out consistency right like consistency it's gonna catch on you know i really do believe that it's gonna continue to to grow like um you just yeah i think that's the that was the big thing with with our podcast was like we weren't consistent at all we had no rhyme or reason to anything we did we didn't have a schedule we didn't do we just were like oh we feel like doing one today we'll do it and then it was out there and like, you know, 10 people listened to it. Cool. That was awesome. Like we didn't, but if, you know, if you really, I think want to grow this thing, what you've been doing is just that consistency.
0: Yeah.
1: People, uh, and, and the video component is like, this is so crucial. Mm-hmm. Shout out like to Eric Savage, Yeah, search. dude. Yeah. And they look great, dude. Like I.
0: He also edits the Instagram reels. They like, dude, uh, yeah
1: Yeah. It looks fucking great. It's just, I mean, it's only going to get better. So I'm. Yeah i'm just so stoked to to be a part of it you know so okay, thanks for man. having me on
0: man yeah well yeah. i think we've we could keep going but we gotta save it for part three yeah 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 um we'll see we,
1: when i announce that uh i don't know what i'm well, gonna. the best all. part
0: about this is going to be in six months when you land like a lead tv show role or oh, something yeah this is going to get a bunch <laughs> of views because like uh, the actor who almost <laughs> people are gonna hey, be like what a hey, dick look, acting's in your blood it's a part of you dude that's always gonna be there it's just a matter of if you're deciding to pursue it at the moment or not and that's totally cool uh-huh. there's a lot of roles for you uh, Christopher Levy was talking in the last podcast Love him. certain roles come to you at the right time but you may have a role come to you 15 years from now <laughs> that you're just you're ready for and perfect yeah. and so you're yeah. gonna be fine thanks, you're gonna be man. fine and I support whatever you wanna do and how you wanna spend your time man <sighs> thanks Sam yeah brother Appreciate thank you for coming well in the meantime yeah uh before I give you the last word where can the people find you and where should they go to look out for your projects both music and film
1: oh well if you want to listen to uh my music it's on all the streaming platforms Spotify Apple Music Tidal uh YouTube um just my name Grayson Lowe you'll find me um and then, I guess I mean I'm I'm on Instagram. I don't know. I, I'm not super active. I'm on TikTok. I I, I started a TikTok when uh, that whole sock thing happened. But
0: uh, oh yeah, that, that sock. What was that about? Like you made a song about a sock? Yeah, it? dude. I don't. Know. It was.
1: We're opening up a whole new can of worms okay. here. But uh, essentially, I uh, Larissa recorded me singing a song about. Socks, because I went to the store and bought socks and she's always giving me shit about like, buying, because I have like so many socks. It's it's kind of obscene how many socks I have. And she was just giving me shit about it. So I was sitting there and pa- kind of passive aggressively singing that I could buy as many socks as I wanted to, to tack my dog. And she posted that on TikTok. And it's just one of those weird things. It just like, it went everywhere. It just blew the fuck up and-, and suddenly two million views holy shit yeah i didn't know that yeah dude it was wild and so because of that uh she encouraged me to get a tiktok and i did and then you know there was a little bit of uh traffic on on my tiktok page for a while because of that and it died it, you know it tapered <laughs> off but but yeah tiktok racing and low music if you want to check that out uh, i post like Little snippets of me performing and all that. And then, um, yeah, that's, I don't know. Instagram's
0: Low Grayson. Yeah, Low Grayson. And
1: then, uh, yeah. The movie. Where do they go for the movie? Uh, Check out the movie. It's on, uh, you can rent it on Amazon or if you, you know, if you want to watch it with commercials, you can, uh, Tubi.
0: And that's called Confinement. Confinement. Uh, Yeah. Perfect. Well, my friend, I uh, always give the guests the last word. What do you want to leave for this, for this moment in time, this experience you and I have had? Again, thank you for that book. I cannot wait to read it. Yes. What would you like to leave us with?
1: Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, this is the first thing in this book. I think it's, it's probably one of the most uh, powerful things in this book. The object isn't to make art. It's to be in that wonderful state which makes art inevitable. And Robert Henry said that. I don't know who Robert Henry is, but it's a pretty good one. Uh, we kind of talked a lot about that tonight, yeah. you know, being in that that state, you know, being in the process uh, more than focusing on the results of whatever that, you know, whatever your process is. Yeah. yeah.
0: Sounds great. Well, thank you, Grayson, so much for coming on. I echo The same sentiments to you, man. You're a beautiful soul, amazing person, very kind, humble, and grateful to know you, man. Likewise, man. And I look forward to capturing other future conversations with you, and I appreciate your support, my friend. Yeah, thanks, man. Thanks for checking out the Sam Dever podcast. Be sure to follow us on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you watch the podcast, be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash the Sam Dever podcast.